welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. What a tonic it's been to be with you guys this, these last few days. Thank you so much. I was expecting some fries tonight. I got a hamburger yesterday, so what's happening here? Standards are dropping. <clears throat> Clearly. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I don't think I'm even needed here tonight, except to celebrate. And just to tell you that um, what you have here, thank you, ma'am. What, you, what else are you going to bring me? That, was that, was that all you got for me? <laughs> Cheap round. Um, <clears throat> no, that's bad. It's got sugar in it. Is what you're experiencing here at Victory is not normal. Do you know that? It's completely not normal. <laughs> it's not normal. I don't mean in the, that way. I mean, I mean, it's not widely experienced. In fact, in my travels, I mostly hang around with very depressed churches, with very depressed pastors and their wives who want to commit suicide in the drive-thru at McDonald's. Mostly, I'm sitting there with weeping people. Can't, they can't even raise, they've got to raise the dead to volunteer. I mean, they've got, to, they've got to raise the dead and rebuke them for dying on the watch because there's no one on the front door because they died. And who, who were they to die? You know? um, and so this is a wonderful uh, privilege. And I think you, you don't really know what you have until you leave it. And so I want you to appreciate what you really have here. Because this is not just the result of some sort of uh, spiritual mag- magic, you know, abracadabra, bingo, there you have it. No, no, no. There's a, there's a um, I want you to know there's an intelligence behind all of this here. And I know many of you think it's really hidden. But there's intelligence there. It's Kath's intelligence. <clears throat> that's just an, that's an obscene hug. That's not an anybody hug. That, that there. <laughs> but I, I think many people think church, we just arrive, we just have a coffee, we just you know, do a countdown, we just um, you know, rock here with the old football rock star, and the, no, it's no rocker like an old rocker, and then we go home and that's it. No, no, no. The, I want you to see the artistry, and those of you who one day, one day want to plant a church and want to build a church with people, then you need to think and learn. This is a great university to learn about that, and I want to encourage you on that. You have no idea what you have right under your nose. You have no idea uh, how privileged you are to be in a culture that's perpetually effervescent. Effervescent is a big word meaning fizzy. Because <laughs> I know some of you from Port Resident might not know what a big word like effervescent is. So you're all fizzy. That's what you are. You're fizzy. And to be like that consistently year after year, um, it's a wonderful privilege. And I hope you never, ever take it for granted for granted, because um, we'll have to come and get you. So, um, you know, I, I reckon that uh, in heaven, there's a lot of confusion. I reckon in heaven, there's a lot of, I've got no, no scripture for this, got no verses, but I, you know, I'd like to imagine this is going on. In heaven, it's going like this. God's going like this. The Holy Spirit's going, Jesus is going, and the angels are just looking away. When, when, when the Holy Spirit says to the Father, what's a volunteer evening? And the father says, I don't know, they're hitting tennis balls. I don't know, maybe it's some kind of tennis they play in Australia. Angels have got no clue. Do you know why? Because this concept of having to volunteer is completely foreign to the Bible. It's amazing. Now you're thinking, what is he doing? I have no idea. Stay with me. 
basically what I want to tell you is this, is that, the, see, the term volunteer basically means to render a service or undertake anything of your own free will. I once preached a sermon, how free do you think your will really is? Ah, oh, have we get the theologians going now? Free will, shmewel. I mean, I mean... Nowhere in the Bible, the only place I can see where somebody volunteers is in Isaiah 6. When you see the Lord, Isaiah saw the Lord, and the, the year King Isaiah, Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train, his robe, filled the temples, and there were angels, and looked like Steven Spielberg, and uh, flying around, it was chaos and smoke, and a bit like here. Um, but godly chaos, not like here. No, no tennis balls and no fizz balls going out. But it's just chaos, and and Isaiah can't believe it that he as a human being can see this holy God and live. He's like mesmerized. He's dumbfounded. He's bewildered. He can't believe it. And he looks at this holy God and, and the Godhead is saying, well, who are we going to send? Who are we going to send? Who shall we send? You know, we haven't made Tony Rainbow yet. Uh, the world's not ready for him yet. <laughs> who are we going to send? Who are we going to send? Isaiah is so amazed by this, he's so undone by this, that he says, yo, here am I, send me. But in many churches, it's, yeah, here am I, send my sister. <laughs> it's incredible, it's incredible that what you've, what you've actually learned here is that there's no such thing as free will, and I love that. <laughs> I love that, I love that. Take your free will and shove it down the toilet. I want to be polite, but you're Aussies. I'll be polite next week in New Zealand. I'll never say that there. Some people would backslide. But I think Paul would turn in his grave while he's in heaven now. But if he, I think his body would do, do kind, of, kind of a couple of flips left, a couple of flips right. Well, what are they talking about? What's his volunteer? Uh, anybody want to be stoned? Paul. Yeah, I will. Not, not the way you guys do it. Port, port, whatever. Anybody want to be stoned with stones? Yeah, here am I. Anybody want to be whipped? Here am I. Anybody want to be led for dead? Here am I. Anybody want to be cold, hungry, betrayed by false brethren? Here am I. Send my friggin' sister. That's the tone of the modern church. But when people actually responded to the gospel, they weren't responding to the same thing we were responding. They weren't responding to, are your children on drugs? Come to Jesus. You'll take them off the drugs. Your marriage is not doing too well. Come to Jesus. You'll fix your marriage. Your cash flow, flow being a wrong word, come to Jesus. He'll get you out of debt. All those with anxiety problems stand here. Music playing in the glorious key of B flat. <laughs> now, I'm not mocking that. No, I am. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm allowed to mock, but I can't lie in the pulpit, all right? And so you came to Christ on a, on a life enhancement gospel. I mean, where's one of the newborns here? Where's newborn Norm? Newborn Norm. I mean, Norm, have you... I bet you, since Sunday, you've had more trouble than you had before you put your hand up. Haven't you? Yeah. yeah. That's the gospel. Welcome to the trouble. It's normal, Norm. It's normal. This is normal. All the other stuff they told you is heap of lies. Come to Jesus and you'll wake up in the morning and you'll see the color in, te- in quadraphonic sound. You'll, you won't see the color in quadraphonic. You'll, you'll hear the sounds in quadraphonic and you'll see it in technicolor and you go, Hallelujah, Jesus. No. No, no, you had some more work to do. Now you've got, you got to do it by the book. Before you were off the hook, you could just live in the cracks. Now you've got, you got to live the stuff. Man, what were you thinking? No, you weren't. That's right. You weren't. 
Because God said, I'm sick and tired of you hanging around, Norm. Get, out, get on the, with the program. But when you came to Christ, how did you come to Christ? So some of us who are, who are here tonight for the first time, and where's my brother who said he was going to come on Sunday? You there. Good. Thank you. Yeah, well done. You, you, write his name down. I know what his name is. Write it down. Write it down. If, you, if you're here tonight and you, this is your first volunteer night, well, this is my first. I'm coming back next year. This is great. I mean, I, uh, I, mean, I pay lots of money for this comedy. This stand-up comedy is just superb. I learned more from them than I did from Tony today. Watching the timing and everything and the face and everything. I think, I think uh, uh, Mick Driscoll was a bit wasted. I mean, he's, I mean just, and, and not really useful, was he? He was just like, I mean, Baz is the man. Let's be honest, huh? No, no you're, both, you're both wonderful. You both wanted to kiss you with a holy kiss and hug you and rub your back. When you hug. I've seen Aussie guys rubbing their each other's backs, all right? And so, I, I don't know. I read the Bible and I'm, I'm amazed. I see so many pastors having to expend enormous amounts of energy to get people to cooperate. And, and the, the, the problem is not... Um, a, a buy-in problem. The problem is not a there's not enough to do problem. The problem is not uh, there's, there's not enough exciting things to do. The problem is a theological problem because yeah. they haven't really died. Yeah. You see, some of you may think, and I know maybe not in this group of people, but in other groups tonight meeting on a volunteer evening, it could apply somewhere out there. <laughs> but some of us will think, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing Tony a favor. And those are the problems should be, those kinds of people should be shot at dawn or, or given a theological class that will help them understand that the reason they're doing this, I mean, for flippin' heck, all you're doing is straightening a chair. That's really demanding. It's really demanding. If you're on life support system, that's demanding, but otherwise it's very easy to do. You're not really serving. And the early church, they signed up for martyrdom. The Moravians sold themselves into slavery so they could preach the gospel. And we got people in the modern world who are so full of it, it being whatever you think it is, they're so full of it, higher and deeper, and, and this, this uh, spectatorism spirit that runs through, and you guys are not normal. I told you that, huh? This is not normal. It seems to me that this house, this church has got the idea. You got the idea. Self-absorbed, self-possessed. I had a guy came to our church. Well, I've come from such a, such a church, and I, I've come, and I, I, because I burnt out there, and I thought, mate, you've no idea. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. We, you're, gonna, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead man walking. You have no future except in the grave. You're going to die. But I had lied, and I said, it's nice to have you. Uh, inside I've got this whole dialogue going, oh God, why can't you send them where they're believing for him? But people serve, and they serve Tony, and see, not everybody, I mean, some people might, because they're still learning how to be Christ-like, might be really offended that they didn't get any flowers. I didn't get any flowers either tonight, I want you to know. I got a measly old grotty hamburger that shortened my life by two months yesterday. So we didn't get noticed, we didn't get fuzzied, and... Uh, and so we burn out because we weren't putting the chairs out for Jesus. We we're doing it for Tony. Oh, and Tony's so, Tony is so human. Why do you have to be so human? Tony forgets. Didn't thank me. Didn't send me a note. 
written with his blood and his finger in a gold parchment delivered by carrier pigeons. He didn't do any of that. He overlooked. He didn't thank me. Friends, you, you know what, when you, do you want to know when you really are maturing in God? It's not when you can prophesy in Russian at your left nostril. Bet your rad could. I nailed that one, eh? No, no, you know, maturity is not that you know all the books of the Bible, that you know all the original Greek and the odd original Portuguese. No, no, no. No, I tell you when you mature is when you actually put your hands into the toilet bowl and you actually remove natural obstacles that smell like heck in Jesus' name and you pull it out and you go, yes, for this I was born. With it oozing through your fingers. Now we're talking. I had a friend who had to go and sort out a church. The, the pastor had fallen morally, and so the elders were all lost and confused. And so this a new guy arrived, and he said, okay, fine, meet you at 8 o'clock at the church building. And they met at 8 o'clock. He said, okay, you three, men's urinals. You three, ladies lose. And some of the guys said, no way. He said, you fired, you fired, you fired. The other guys who had brains went to the toilet and, and, uh, to clean. <laughs> and, and, one of the, and one of the guys, one of the guys said, um, this is a test. You think? This is a test, he said. This is a, of course it's a test. And so when we appointed some of our first elders in this current church we're leading, we handed them toilet brushes. Because a, safe, a church is not safe, led by an elder who won't clean a toilet. See, maturity is not up here. Maturity is not, not here even. Especially. Oh, God help us. Maturity is, am I able to serve in the dark when no one knows except Jesus? And so what you're learning, what you're learning with the children is that you are shaping, those of you who are involved in the crowd control, I mean the, the children's church ministry. What you're learning there, Driscoll, isn't it? You're learning that you have wet cement in your hands, that you are shaping a whole new generation. I looked at the young guys here tonight, not Tony, the ones in front of them, um, not the guys who are wasting away in the next row, but these young guys up front here, the young girls, little girls freaking out and going for it, and I said to Steph, look at the future, isn't that great? I've seen the future, it works. And so those of you who teach children's church, you're never, ever, ever, going to bore our people with the gospel, are you? You're never going to bore, bore our children with the gospel because you're preparing a next generation. This is our future. These little, little blighters, I'm going to say little buggers, but that's pretty bad. These little, <laughs> these little, sorry, these little blighters, sometimes they are not blighters. These little blighters, these little ankle biters, they're going to lead us. They're going to lead us. They're going to lead us where we don't want to go mostly, but they're going to lead us. Isn't it wonderful that you get to shape a kid? You get to believe in a kid. And the kids come from such broken, diverse contexts that you get to be a bit of a dad and a bit of a mom and a bigger, bit of a big brother and you massage in some truth. Have you seen the, the movie The Help? Where, where the African-American maid says to the little white kid, how's it go? Uses smart, uses kind, uses what? Important. I sometimes make my daughter sandwiches just to model that men can serve. And also because my, my wife hates early mornings. 
and someone's got to feed this child. And uh, so I sometimes will write notes. One, thing, one day I wrote a tough type of thing, 10 things I love about you. Put it in there. She went to school. She opened it. And, and the friends around her all were crying. Oh, she's not dead like that. All broken families. The other day I put one in and I said, you're smart, you're kind, you're important. And uh, so she had a great sandwich. As well. It was probably, probably just peanut butter. But, but those of us who, whatever you do, you know, it's a cup of water in Jesus' name. See, we're so wanting to work ourselves into the headlines that we want to actually build this enormous fire truck. We want it to, to gleam and glow and red and, and brilliant sunlight shining off the silver. We want all that. We want the bell perfect, don't we? And we want to bring out the, the whole hose and we want to just blast the kingdom in the name of Jesus. When there's no glory for Jesus in that. Jesus has glory in little frail clay-footed people like you and I walking into his kingdom, into his church with a cup of water, but with a shaky hand because we know that we have clay feet with all our contributions and all our, all our background noise that contributes to undermine us and all the rubbish, if you're honest with yourself and with us, all the stuff that, you, that, com- that makes you, undermines you mostly, that makes your hand shake and you say, well, this is not, an, it's not a perfect contribution, but it's in Jesus' name. Cup of water in Jesus' name, the Bible says. Not a fire truck in the name of Pete. It's no glory for God in the fire truck. Now, are you saying we should just have a, a low, low contribution? I tell you, one thing I love about this church, one of the many things, is the high level of excellence. You know, our greatest enemy is not the devil. I actually think it was my mother-in-law. Until I realized that it wasn't actually, it was somebody worse than her. I thought it was the devil, and we used to get rid of the devil. The devil wasn't everything in the old days. We used to get rid of him all the time. He was just, you know, keeping us busy. Then I realized no one can stop Pete like Pete. I am my worst enemy. And you know that our biggest challenge is not the demons. I mean, I've been in some churches where I see more demons singing in the choir than there are actually in hell. Musos, but these are great, nice, happy demons up here. Looks great. <laughs> but you know, our biggest enemy, it, it comes from the devil. It's all his rubbish and all his undermining. It's this little thing called inferiority. Yeah. Inferiority. Where we just want to just, just, just give a little bit. And so I, if I, I speak about it often at our church, don't bring your paper plate mentality here. How's it go? We, we just got paper plates because it's easy. No, 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 I don't want you to be easy. I, I want to honor the, my guests with, with fine china because they're worthy of it. I mean, you, you've got a dishwasher. Some of you got wives, okay? You got help. All right, all right, Aussies, relax, Aussie Sheilas. You got, I know your husbands are mostly domesticated. And so this inferiority makes me want to just give a little bit. When you, when you, when you spiritualize that inferiority, it's a terrible blasphemy. So we, we validate that inferiority by saying, oh, you know, don't get carried away. You're just about excellence and it's all about you. And you know, we never ever spur each other to another level unless, unless we're visiting victory. But mostly it's around cautionary stuff. Careful, don't overdo it. Don't be too committed. Blah, 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 blah. I, I mean, it's just not there in the book of Acts, too committed. It's not there. How committed is too committed? When Stephen got stoned, was he too committed? Yeah. I don't know. Was Paul, when he was shipwrecked, was he shipwrecked because he was too committed? 
No, there's no such thing. It's because our levels are so low. We've got 2,000 years to try and undo of low levels of contribution because people have not been inspired by the greatness of God. We've sung small songs. We've preached small sermons. We've used little words because effervescent was too big. And we've dumbed God down. Even our church buildings. We, we've built this building. I mean, it's a lovely building. It took us forever to build it. I thought I was going to die before it, it was built. In fact, I've got no honest, noble story to tell you as to why we planted our other two sites. Other than I was just really highly irritated in a nice godly kind of way. <laughs> I came and said to one of my elders, can I have you meet you for supper? We went, we went for a steak supper because it was a man's issue. And, um, and without any, any sort of salad anywhere around, I said, I am tired of this building. Can you plant a site? So we planted, not, not to win the lost, but, but the lost have got one. But to take our mind off this building. So we poured our blood into this building. We poured our money into the building. I don't want to be a hero, but I don't know anyone who's given more than Jan and I to that building. We poured millions into that building. It's done. Anyway, it's done. And so I, I, uh, one of the fathers of one of our guys in the church, he says, oh, great building, but Pete, make sure this doesn't become the thing. I wanted to lay hands on him in Jesus' name. Make sure you don't. See, all this stuff sounds reasonable. Yes, no, of course that's right. But could you imagine me every morning coming with my prayer mat, worshipping our building? And it's not going to happen. It looks stupid anyway. I'm not going to worship the building. Oh, and Jesus, oh, lovely building. No, rubbish. And so, so some of the languages, the cautionary language is actually unhelpful because it doesn't take us anywhere. It slides us down into inferiority, and then we don't contribute anything. Or if we do, it's a little paper plate in the name of God, which is an embarrassment. And so I want to, I want to encourage you, because um, well, I think it's too far gone into the genetic for it to be a problem. But new people coming, you need to interpret what you're trying to do here. It's not just the front row's problem or the DNA. People aren't listening to half the stuff that gets said here. But for you to massage in, there's an asshole word, to massage in, uh, to massage in um, this DNA into your new, new people coming and saying, come on, don't you want to serve with us? Why? Say, because Jesus is worthy of it. Okay? Then take your medication once they turn around. Give them a theological reason for signing up. Give them a theological reason for the children's church. Theological reason for the toilets. Theological reason for the production, the sound blokes. Because anything else, and especially overblown, a cautionary culture that's overblown, will not result in anything that will bring blessing and pleasure to the heart of God. You see, when you, when you theologically paint yourself into a corner, and you realize you have nowhere else to go, then you're in a good place. Theologically, there is no option for us to come when we like, to buy in when we like, to buy in if someone acknowledges us, to, to buy in if someone uh, thanks us. There's not even a theology to operate in your gift. Those of us, we, I mean, I remember in church plant years ago, I was on a, on a guitar, nylon as well. I mean, that's like hardcore. Anyone can play that. But nylon, to make the thing sound anything better than country and western is a miracle. <laughs> My mother on the piano, me on the, you know. You feel like a cricketer. 
who bats, bowls, brings on the oranges, moves the side screen, does the score, applauds, feels. It's like that, eh? It's like that. Those of you who know, it's like that in Canberra. It was. It was like that in the Black Hills, wasn't it? The Blackwoods. <laughs> Where all them six-fingered people used to live, and the swamp people. <laughs> it's all like that. Hard work. And then God starts to add people. And God starts to bring people. It's a wonderful thing of unbelievable proportions. It's a theology. We're looking for theology here tonight. We're not looking for emotional buy-in. Oh, these are my gifts. No, no, ma'am. Sorry. Yes, it's your gifts. But the good thing about a church like Victory is there are more of you, so more of us can play in position. But you've got to be willing to take that high ball, that hospital pass. You know what that is? Hospital pass? And get creamed in the name of Jesus. Put yourself together again and run some more. May I encourage you. You are the best interpreters of, of the values of the genetic for the newcomers. And there's a wave of newcomers. People keep coming in. This is the core. This is an army battalion here. There's, there are more people that just got clever lights. It doesn't look like it's not full at the back. But it's not full at the back. Take it from me. This is the core. If anyone's going to teach the new people the values, it's this group. Yeah. And so I encourage you. Won't you, I mean, let's talk about the privilege and the honor and how great it is and how wonderful it is to be involved in this great church. But won't you actually back it all up and, and, and bring a theological revelation to people? That theologically, we're painted into the corner. We can do nothing else. It's normal Christian living to give your life away. You're supposed to bleed into the kingdom. You're supposed to be spent. We do get to heaven. How are you going to get into heaven? You're going to get in like this? <whistles> Moses. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> or, or are you going to come? Are you going to? Are you come screeching in heaven? Ah! Ah! Woo! Woo! Ah! Oh, hold on, man! Woo! Oh! Oh, man! Wow! Woo! What a life! What a rush! That was quite hard work, really. Uh. That's how you're supposed to live, and I hope the camera guys got that. That's how you're supposed to live. That's how you're supposed to live your life fully. You're supposed to give your life. And those of you who are going to have babies, all over here. There's nothing better than an old rocker who knows his time is done. That old rocker ain't rocking no cradle. Listen, you've got to bring up kids like that. Our grandparents would go, Volley what? Volunteer what? No, they gave their lives, they poured their lives out. Bring up children who make decisions for Christ. Who clean their bedroom for Christ. No, no, not, are you going to clean your bedroom because one day your wife will hate you? No, 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 no. She'll probably hate you anyway. Such a horrible little child. No, no. Eat carefully because you're going to be embarrassed when the queen invites you. When is ever the flippant queen ever invite you? Except one queen, I know. There's no queen. The queen's not going to invite you. Elton John's, I mean, the queen's not going to have you. No one's going to have you for dinner. You know, you can eat peas to the glory of God. You know that? 
My dad was a perfectionist. He's an accountant. Help me, Lord. And we had to do wallpaper. You know wallpaper from the pit? Have you tried a wallpaper? It's like some demonic thing. It's like just terrible. And so he, we were about 10 or 11. And he said, okay, boys, I've got a twin brother. He said, boys, come on, you do this little corner here. We did it. And there are bubbles. Bubbles from pit, the pit of hell. And we knew, oh, these bubbles are going to let us. They're going to kill us, these bubbles. Not my dad, the bubbles. And dad came back and he said, oh, boys, they're bubbles. And we made the mistake. We made a mistake. How foolish were we? We said the famous words. Don't worry, Dad. No one will see it. That's where the piano goes. Oh. Oh, I still feel that now. You know what he said? He said, God will see it. That's a good theology. Can you hang wallpaper for the glory of God? And so I want to encourage you. This is a great church. No, in fact, it's not a great church. It's an excellent church. It's an awesome church. And if I lived in Adelaide, oh, I don't know, no pressure, Potter, but I'd be in this church, really. I mean, really. This is a great church. And so I want to commend you. I'm looking forward to the great reports. I'm looking forward to coming back if some of you can get, uh, get healed from some of, the, some of the stuff this weekend. And I want to see uh, a greater army unleashed. And I'm inviting you to be the recruits, not the front row. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.